if there's ever a time where we needed to pull together as believers of Christ and, and unite and try to strengthen and make the world a better place, it's now. Mm-hmm. And that, that sounds like he's yeah. preaching our message. <laughs> there's one body, one church, one spirit, one hope. The realities of the faith, the realities that unify us are already there. Christ prays for unity. What should we all be praying for? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the one prayer request of Jesus. Think about it in the Bible that we actually have a say in whether or not it comes to fruition or not. I think in what God has done in you guys and in, uh, in this podcast and the, the multitude of folks that you're reaching, the diversity, whatever God intended when, he's, when you started this, he's able to bring it to completion. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Whole Church Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Joshua Knoll, here with your other co-host, TJ Tiberius Juan Blackwell. Hi. So really excited for today's episode. We we went through a lot to get this to you. It's been a chaotic day for me. So for a little all over the place, forgive us. Uh, today, we're talking with special guest, uh, Miss Amy Watson, um, who is the host of Wednesdays with Watson. And their first season is called PTSD, Jesus and Me. So we're going to get to hear some of her story and how she's dealt with PTSD and maybe get some advice for other people. So we're really excited to talk to her about that. But before we do, Ms. Watson, we have what we call our, it's a mini segment, we call our greeting card segment. So I have 12 cards here. They're just note cards. I'm going to shuffle up and, you know, they say different stuff like, uh, you know, something the last time you had lunch, what was it? Or your favorite food or you know, something really simple. And when you tell me to stop shuffling, okay, whatever's on that card, I'm just going to ask you to tell us what your favorite, you know, whatever is, whatever happens to be on the card. All right, let's do it. All right. So I'm going to start shuffling now. You tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. Real simple. What was the last thing to make you laugh? The last thing to make me laugh was the Babylon Bee, ironically, just a few minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll do it. They got, they got some great stuff. They really do. So before we jump into today's silly question, we'd like to review some of what our audience has replied to some previous silly questions. Uh, So first thing first, I'm going to correct something I said a couple weeks ago. Niles Merritt's answer to how he would deal with vampires on the cruise line was not garlic and sunshine like Russell Gentry's was. His answer was that he would go to the steakhouse because obviously vampires are scared of steaks. Womp, womp, womp. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll yeah. bring that question up again because I had to share Father Jonathan's from Greek Orthodox Church. He's been on the podcast before because he said that he would just anoint the pool so that it would be holy water and then he would just hang out in the pool. Well, hey, there you Jim. go. I had to share. Yeah, that's kind of smart <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And then, and then uh, my two favorite answers from last week's question about if you had to pick a cartoon from your childhood to be your nemesis was TJ's sister, who's just, <laughs> she always has great answers. Uh, Taryn said she would pick Dory because she would just, every time Dory tried to do something, remind her, hey, no, we're friends, Dory, stop. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Niles Merritt, again, because he said Kronk, which I'm just oh. infuriated that I didn't think of that. That was the best nemesis. Yeah, that's a good answer. Yeah. Jeez, just, I don't, he's a big dude. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, but he would never hurt you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. Anyway, our silly question for today, Amy, and we'll answer first, give you time to think about it, is what is your favorite aquatic cartoon character? And it can be from anything. It can be, you know, 
Finding Nemo, SpongeBob, uh, Little Mermaid, any aquatic cartoon character. So my favorite is going to be Oscar from Shark Tales. Love that guy. Great movie. It's not. You, you it's not. It's uh, not. A very enjoyable movie. Is that, is that okay? Weird? Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't like the plot or anything at all. <laughs> but, but it's fun to watch. All right, TJ. What is your favorite aquatic cartoon character? Uh, well, so you've seen the movie Atlantis, right? Uh, naturally, yeah. Yeah. Uh, would those characters count? I mean, if they live in the water, I'm going to count it. Well, they sort of live in the water. They live under the water, but in air. Anyway, I'm going to choose the entire cast of the Snorks uh, from the cartoon series The Snorks. Great cartoon. It's like the Smurfs, but it's underwater. Nice. It's a good show. Nice. I'm going to go with the low-hanging fruit because I'm not a real cartoon person, actually. So probably, <laughs> like, I'm going to have to go with Nemo or whoever <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres' voice was, whoever that is. That I was like Dory. Yeah. Okay, so Dory. Then my, yeah. offici- my official answer is Dory. Right. That's a solid answer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Strong stuff. So, uh, could you give us the the shortened, uh, you know, the summarized version of the story you've been sharing on your podcast so far? Yeah. First of all, both of you, thank you for having me. It's such a such an honor. And anytime I get the opportunity to do this, I I just I accept it as that, and it's important to me. And so, yeah. So the so so the elevator pitch. You know, somebody asked me what yeah. what, what, what what's your podcast about, and. And I, and I really gotten it down to, you know what? My podcast is not for everyone, but it's for someone. It is truly my journey. And we'll talk about why we start, I started the podcast, but it is truly my personal journey through complex post-traumatic stress disorder after 35 years of trauma. So fear and, 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 and anger and insecurities and all of its cousins and all of its friends. My podcast is a storytelling podcast of my, a, a part of my story, uh, but we dish out a whole bunch of hope uh, as it pertains to uh, not only PTSD, but all mental, dis- mental illnesses, I almost said disorders, but uh, mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. I, I, so often whenever we get ready for a show with a guest I'm not too familiar with, especially if they have their own podcast, you know, I like to listen to some of what they did. So I, I, got, I went into this thinking, okay, I listened to them one or two episodes. And I started one of the newer episodes. I was like, wait a minute. I don't know what's going on. So I actually started at the beginning of Wednesdays for Watson. So beginning of your show on Spotify and had to put it in so that Spotify would sort it in order and just kind of binge listen to it. Your story is really fascinating to me. I mean, not, not just because, you know, it is helpful, but it's also something we don't hear a lot about in the church. Do you mind? Right. Just kind of giving a breakdown skeleton version of what the story is, like how you came about to getting help and how you came about knowing everything you know about it now. I mean, I know it's kind of been a journey, but. Uh. Sure, sure. And, and, and one of the, one of, you know, one of the things that everybody wants to know is why did you start the podcast? And this is why, because uh, the pandemic happened in March and my business was shut down. And after about 14 days of not having anything to do, I ordered a microphone off of Amazon before the rest of the world did climbed in my guest closet and started talking behind that mic. Um, I am also a writer en route to a memoir and was really finding it difficult because of, of the pandemic and my business being shut down creatively. I was done. 
And so I went looking to help something to help me podcast to help me. I couldn't read, I couldn't watch, but I could listen and I couldn't find a podcast to address what I, what we need out there. I am a survivor of 35 years of trauma, everything from my first, the first time that I was sexually abused by a serial killer when I was seven years old to the last time I had a gun pulled and, 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 and put to my head by my husband when I was 35 years old. And so, and about abandonment, neglect, abuse for my mom, um, grew up in a children's home in my, in my high school years. And, um, and so for that reason, uh, you can understand why I would have um, some significant trauma issues. But the, the, the cliff notes is 35 years of trauma at ranging everything from childhood sexual abuse to domestic violence and everything in between. And uh, but the Lord has been faithful and, uh, and has used his church. But you're right. This is not something that we hear a lot about. And that is why I started my podcast, because I couldn't find one where somebody would get behind a mic and 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 get get in the ditches and get in the trenches and help people understand whoa somebody else feels like that too and also then provide for them hope mm-hmm. yes yeah. season one has been phenomenal and thank you even though i don't struggle with anything like that you know i, I do still have my own struggles you know, I, i've gone through some trauma but not nothing i don't have ptsd but hearing some of the messages, some of the stuff that you share, I'm still, I still get a lot of hope out of it. Even as someone who's not, you know, gone through the things you've gone through, I'm like, wow, this is still very helpful. It's still just nice to have that sense of hope in a story that's honestly as intense as yours. It's just very comforting. And I really appreciate it. Well, thank you. And as you guys know, you you need to hear stuff like that as podcasters and you're putting yourself out there. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate you listening. I really do. It's hard to find that, you know, down to earth, honest person, you know, telling what happened. Right. So anyone actually delivering that service is incredible. Yeah. And then you guys are serving as an encouragement to me because I'm dropping an episode tomorrow that's that's I went solo on the mic processing all the current fear that we're going through. And I know I'm supposed to release it, but boy, it's it's vulnerable. <laughs> and you're just encouraging me to make sure I hit that publish button tomorrow. It's unscripted, unedited and unscheduled. Uh, but but I just really feel like the Lord brought me a word on fear and processing it in real time. So you guys are so encouraging to me right now. Yeah, well, I look forward to listening to it because. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Uh, so uh, one thing we like to do to help us and our audience become more familiar with our guests theology is our speed round segment. Uh, we'll ask you a series of questions and we ask that you answer in one sentence uh, or less. And if you can't answer it in a sentence or if you aren't sure of an answer, uh, you just say pass and we move on to the next question. Does that sound good? It sounds awesome. I'm excited. All right. <laughs> so what denomination are you a member of? I am technically a member of the Southern Baptist Convention. Do you confirm that we are saved by faith alone, through grace alone, by Christ alone? That not of ourselves, but as a gift of God. Absolutely, 100%, my friend. Uh, What is your view of the authority of Scripture and church tradition? All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for teaching, correction, instruction, etc. It is the absolute authority by which we live our lives and must be the authority under which the church falls. Uh, Sorry, what is your view? 
That, that sounded like a compound sentence to me. Yeah. Uh, what is your view on the Godhead? I believe that the Godhead is God the Father, obviously God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. I believe that they are all God in one. I do not pretend to understand it. I have a minor in Bible, and that's as good as I got for you is that I believe in the Trinity. <laughs> I know the Holy Spirit is there for me and that Jesus died for me. Uh, but a little above my pay grade on that, but I, but I know it to be true. That's what I got for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many of the seven sacraments do you hold to, if any? Oh, boy. I'm going to pass on that only because I don't know all seven, probably all seven, but I don't know them. And so I, to, uh, the better part of wisdom tells me to pass on that one because I don't know all seven. <laughs> all right. uh, what is your view on election? Confused. <laughs> it depends on it depends on what kind of conversation we're having um that's another one that i i leave to the experts right uh what are your beliefs on drinking alcohol not just in general yeah, i was gonna say i have some gatorade right here it's pretty good um you know i I do not believe it biblically wrong. However, I am the product of lots of alcohol abuse. And so I, I prefer to pass on it, but not because I believe that it's biblically wrong. All right. Uh, congratulations. You made it through the speed round. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> round of applause, please. It's oh, yeah. always a fun time. It's always, I, I love the ones where it's like, it's difficult to get that in a sentence because I have right. so much I want to say, but we yeah, have yeah. something we want to talk about. So I'm just like, I put in the speed round, even though if it were me, I'd probably have to pass most of them. It's like, yeah, pass, pass, pass. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, we had uh, Andrew Croft on here last week, and he asked what a question about the speed round. And, and I said pass. So, I mean, yeah, the seven sacraments when I, I I'm pretty sure that I I'm, I'm agreement with, but I, I honestly don't know all seven of them. So I wanted to be careful on that one. I want to say there's only one that I don't. Okay, anyway, anyway, right, right. Moving on. <laughs> whenever, <laughs> whenever we do talk about disorders such as, PTSD. I mean, even stuff like depression, it gets brought up. Yeah. It's important to address, you know, there's that big elephant in the room, especially with church goers or, you know, when you're involved in the church kind of community where some, some people will say, and a lot of people will think, well, why don't you just pray it out? Right. God will cast out fear, cast out depression. Just pray harder. Right. What, what do you say to people who, you know, either say that to people or have a kind of question about, that relationship with these disorders and what the Bible has to say. Yeah, 100%. Such a great question. First of all, I want, I want you to know that I'm a big fan of prayer. I believe that um, we, just like I am praying for someone right now who has cancer, um, I think that we absolutely need to be praying for mental illnesses, depression, anxiety, um, you know, PTSD, all of it. I think that we need to pray like Jesus prayed. And Jesus prayed, not my will, but thine be done. And so when we say something like that as a church or as a leader of a church or as a representative of church or even as a as a Christian, when we say that to people who are hurting and maybe having their own John the Baptist moment, we minimize their pain. And so I am super I am a super big fan of prayer. But I also know that that nowhere in the Bible does it say 
um, you're going to get everything that you pray for. I believe um, I pray that my PTSD and its symptoms go away all the time. And so do people who love me. But the fact of the matter is, is that for whatever reason, God in his divinity, and, and he is way smarter than I am, has decided to leave it. But my my that question really bothers me because you push people away from the church when you give them something else to do. When you say, hey, your depression, your anxiety can go away if you just pray hard enough. Well, you're you're telling somebody in the basement of life to do something else. And so if that is your supposition that prayer will absolutely take away mental illnesses, the better way to frame that is, hey, Susie, I want you to know that I believe in the power of prayer and I believe in a God that can take these things away from you. And so until you have the faith to pray and ask, you can you can borrow my faith, as the old Bebo Norman song says. I have enough faith you can borrow mine. But to say you can pray it away puts power in our hands that God never gave us. And it absolutely minimizes the pain of people that are hurting and we're pushing them away from the church when we do that. That's my answer to the question. It is so emotionally charged for me because it is so, so, so common that people think that we either did something to get these, these conditions or that we can do something to get them to go away. And sometimes neither of those are true because God is sovereign, not me and not anybody else who prays. Oh, yeah. Well, and I've heard a lot about um, you know, people will look at different characters in the Bible. And of course, we can't say this now being so far out in history. You know, where they'll see people like Jeremiah may have even had depression, it looks like. Sure. Just if he wrote Lamentations, he certainly did, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which the Bible doesn't seem to condemn those emotions. I think it's more of a condemnation of anything that traps us. If we right. let something have control of us, that's, you know, that, that's different. One hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, so how do you view scriptures like Second Timothy one seven, uh, which says, uh, for God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. It's a great scripture, um, especially and some and some 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 versions, some translations says God has not given us a, f- a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And as we open in the podcast, I believe very strongly if you flip the page of First Timothy one seven to Second Timothy two sixteen, where we know that all Scripture is given uh, by the inspiration of God, and so. What I say to people about First Timothy, or excuse me, Second Timothy one seven, is let's talk about fear. Let's use that word fear because that's the that's the word, and you use timidity. I don't believe that fear and 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 being afraid or that's, those are the same things, but being timid or any of those things, I don't believe that they come from God. Now there is a portion of fear, actual fear, that keeps us alive, that makes us run from snakes and stuff like that. But I don't believe that actual fear comes from God. I believe that fear, and I hate this answer, and it's a standard answer from the church, but I believe that fear comes from things that happen to us or dis- or poor decisions that we make because we are a broken, fallen people. And so I use 2 Timothy 1.7 as an encouragement instead of um, an admonishment or where I just want to beat somebody down with it. It's like, look, you shouldn't be afraid. This didn't come from God. Well, I agree with that. It didn't come from God, but we, we live on earth um, and the, and the new kingdom is not here yet. And so I think that we need to be careful about that. Um, but when this use, when this verse is used and 
the proper context, it gives me hope that yes, God did not give me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so regardless of how this looks, how we walk out my PTSD journey, I have him. The fear that I'm feeling is not from him. And so I go to him to ask him to help me process that fear. And I hope that answers your question. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. I remember, um, so I I had an accident once where I ended up having to have a couple different brain surgeries afterwards. Mm. And I remember going into one surgery and I had the doctors pray with me. It it was a whole thing, you know, not about me. It's just, I remember that verse coming up and me thinking as I'm like fading out that whole God's not giving me a spirit of fear. He's giving me this, this and that. That didn't mean that I wasn't still scared. Right. It was that sense of power to get through being scared. Right. And again, you know, it comes back to what we just said, right? The, there's a difference of letting fear control you and have that grip mm-hmm. on you and having these kind of issues and the kind of hormonal imbalances and stuff that's associated with that. And yeah. Chemical imbalances and stuff like that. I tell you, fear has been the greatest gift to me because it, it, it makes me stay at the foot of the cross. Um, God has not decided to take away my PTSD. He is using it, but I'm grateful for fear because it makes me have this sweet community with Jesus. And like you said, yeah, if I'm counseling somebody in a church setting, let's let, let's figure out how we cannot let this fear rule you. Just like you just said, because you are normal. If you feel fear when you're going in a brain surgery, or you have a car accident or any number of things that is God gave you that to survive. That's called fight or flight. That's, that's what makes us run from danger. And so the control, the, the actual fear controlling us, I think is, is where, is where we're hitting the nail right on the head. That is where, where that sweet commune with Jesus comes in. It doesn't have to control us. It really doesn't. Oh yeah. And you know, I'd, I'd like to remind everybody too, you know, and then, cause it's confusing for some people because well, God says not to have fear, but over here it says to fear God. And I'm like, well, just right. like now, you know, when we talk about, you feel blessed to have fear, but also you don't think we should be trapped in fear. The same word can mean different things in different contexts, right? basically. And, and right. I think that's kind of where uh-huh. we run into a lot of these issues. I agree. Right. Yeah. So you, you talk about it in your show. Uh, but for our audience, could you unpack what Hebrews 4.15 means to you? I love that verse so much because Hebrews 4.15, and you'll have to forgive me because I've probably memorized it in three or four different versions. But <laughs> Hebrews 4.15 says, we do not serve we, some versions. My favorite version says, we do not love a high priest who is unfamiliar with our sufferings. And I use that verse a lot because when I lay my head down at night and sometimes when some of the, the terrors come back, I know that in my, in my, in my time with Jesus, my, my jam time, as we call it, Jesus and me, that when I pray to Jesus, that I know that I am, uh, I am, I am co-heirs with him, that he understands my sorrows and by his stripes, I am healed. And one of my biggest thing, and, and, and a lot of your listeners who are trauma survivors will, will, will say this, they may not say it out loud, but, but one of my biggest struggles in life, especially for my first traumatic event, which was with a man who was a serial killer, is where were you, God? And so as I grew up and, and had my John the Baptist moments and wondering if he was the one or if I should be looking for somebody else, I, the Lord really gave me this message of like, Jesus was on the cross And his father not only left him, but turned his back from him. And 
So Jesus knows what it feels like to be abandoned, to be hurt, to be harmed. And so when I, when I spend time at the foot of the cross, I'm not spending time with somebody who doesn't understand. I love a high priest who is so familiar with my sufferings. And for that reason, I love, love, love that passage of scripture in Hebrews chapter four. That whole chapter is, well, that, the, the whole book of Hebrews, period. <laughs> but Hebrews four is, is just gold. It talks about rest. It talks about our high priest. It is just gold. And I love that verse because my Jesus, the star of my story, understands what it's like to have a parent abandon them like my mom did. And that's just one of my trauma points. The father turned his back on Jesus. So I love the son of God who understands my pain. That's why I love that verse so, so much. That's a king I can follow, my friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, um, my wife picks on me because she says, you say every book of the Bible is your favorite book. <laughs> to clarify, I do say that about a few different books, but not like, like I'll say, um, I think either Ecclesiastes or Esther is probably my favorite book of the Old Testament. Usually I'll say Hebrews is my favorite New Testament book. But, you know, it depends on the day. Depends on the day. Depends <laughs> yeah. on what's going on. That is I just so like fast. them all so much, yeah. Um, you also talk about, so you, you had a friend you talked about on your show where you looked up their birthday verse. Yeah. Which I, I'll let you explain what the birthday verse is to people. But uh, you came to Matthew ten thirty one for her. And that meant a lot to both of you. So could you kind of, well, first tell people what a birthday verse is and then kind of unpack what that verse means to you and your friend and how helpful that has been. I will. I have have chills because I had forgotten about that episode. But so Matthew 10, 31, a birthday verse is you take the month that you were born and the day that you were born and you go through the entire Bible. So her birthday was October 31st. And I met this young lady, Stacy. After having a complete nervous breakdown, I was um, in the psych ward for uh, lack of a better way to explain that. And so was she. And she came in overnight after having slit her wrists and she clung to me like glue. Of course, I was scared half to death, too. And um, I had asked my friend to bring me my Bible and some pajamas. And she (laughs) looked at me and she said, what's that? And I said, this is my Bible. And I'm like, oh, man, I have more gifts. Uh, Usually if somebody needs to be led to the Lord, I have my Romans road Bible and that's not this one. And oh, what am I going to do? She said, show me your favorite verse. And I said, well, what's your birthday? And she said, October 31st. And so we started in Matthew because I wasn't going to start in the Old Testament. And we got to Matthew, of course, the first book of the New Testament, chapter 10, verse 31, where uh, Jesus the writer of uh, where Matthew says, and I can't remember whether this is where Jesus actually spoke these words, but that he cares about the sparrows and that he will never leave them. Um, and so as I was talking to this young lady and I looked down with these slits on her wrist, these huge bandages, I was able to say to her, I know you are hurting so badly right now. And so am I, but let me tell you about this man. Let me tell you about this God. Let me tell you about Jesus who cares so much about you that he knows about, he cares about the little tiniest birds on the planet and, and and their sparrows and he loves them. And so how much more does he love you? And that was a tender moment. And I don't know where Stacy is today, but her birthday verse was Matthew 10 31 that he, that, that he cares so much about the sparrows. And so you had two people in the psych ward, one of them after a, 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 um, almost me, uh, an almost accidental drug overdose, her, a clear attempted suicide, 
both of us sobbing in the in the psych ward and everybody looking and just like, do you need more medicine? No, no, no. We just <laughs> we just uh, we just found this verse, and and she said she looked at me. She said, "Do you think that's really true?" And I had this moment of, Amy, do you think that's really true? Yes, Stacy, I know that he cares about the sparrows. How much more does he care about us? And Matthew ten thirty one has carried me through so so much because I know that he cares so much more about me than these little tiny birds that he cares immensely about, as that verse means. Love, love, love. Matthew ten thirty one. So, so how do you determine which book of the Bible your birthday? I, that's very. I tell people different. I, I'm a New Testament girl. Um, because I love, because I love the covenant, uh, of, of, of Jesus and all of that. Um, I, I had old Testament survey in college, but, but I'm, but I'm a new Testament girl. So I always start in the new Testament just because I'm a new Testament girl, but some people start at Genesis, but if you have a high, like I'm December 1st. And so when I started in the new Testament, I didn't find anything in the gospels. And so, um, I got to Romans 12, one for mine, um, uh, you know, be, uh, be transformed, uh, or excuse me, present your body's living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. And I showed her that verse too, but, but, uh, so I had to get all the way to Romans before I could find a book of the new Testament that actually had 12 chapters in it. Hmm. Um, if I didn't do the gospels, but you could do it either way. You could start in the middle if you want, but you pick your favorite one and that's your birthday verse. Cool. Yeah. So in case anybody was curious, um, mm-hmm. My Bible here does have it in red, so I guess Jesus okay, did say it. Okay, thank you. Jesus did yeah. say it. Good, 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 good. Do not yes. fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. More Great. valuable. Yeah, amen. All right. Uh, so th- for those who may be familiar with the term uh, but don't know much about it, what exactly is trauma? Good question. Great question. And I and, – and, and, Josh um, said something a, a minute ago, like, like I've had trauma, but I don't have PTSD. And he, and he stopped himself from saying I've had trauma, but not as bad as you, because I, that I preach that on my podcast, not to compare. And here's why the professionals call trauma. And I think this is a really simple way to, to, to think it through. Trauma is any event that takes your brain outside of its, and I'm air quoting window of tolerance. So Our brains are as unique as our fingerprints. Each of us are as uniquely built and structured to handle traumatic events as our fingerprints are. And so trauma can be, you and I can watch the same car accident and you can walk away from it and never have another issue. But my brain, it might have pushed it outside of its area of tolerance or its window of tolerance, as they call it. And it then becomes a traumatic event for me. And where we get in trouble is a lot of people say, well, two people went through the same thing. You can even have two soldiers deployed that saw the same thing that was in the same IED accident. And one of them will walk away with post-traumatic stress disorder and the other will not because our brains are wired as uniquely as God made us. And so trauma is an event that breaks your brain in a, in a lot of ways. And, um, and the faster you address it, the better. But that's why it's so important not to compare trauma because God gave me my brain and, and grace that is sufficient for me, not for, not for TJ, not for Josh, and not for anybody listening to this. And so trauma is any event that basically pushes you outside of your ability to deal with it. It doesn't go away. It's intrusive. The thoughts come. You can't sleep at night. Your heart races. You're anxious. Those are all ways you know that that event was probably trauma. But 
Uh, but a lot of people will look at other people's trauma and go, well, I didn't have that. So I just need to, to pull myself up by my bootstraps and go on. And I highly, highly, highly guard against that to your listeners mm. because we're all so different. And, and most of the time, if you've experienced a traumatic event, you're going to downplay it. You're going to self-medicate like I did. You're going to stay busy. You're going to do whatever you can. All of these things are going to come. All these symptoms are going to come. And I tell people all the time, if you don't pay attention to trauma, it will pay attention to you. Um, and, and I know that that was, and I just answered a question you guys didn't ask, but you were going <laughs> to ask it. So, but, but some of the hallmark signs are anxiety that does not go away, right? Like if, you're, if your wife is not usually an anxious person, but she saw a car accident and six weeks later, she's still getting startled when the air conditioner goes off because it's a little loud. You, you, need, to, you need to cock your head and, 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 and watch, right? Um, insomnia that you didn't have before. Um, layers and layers and layers of health issues. Um, An inability to attach to people. Um, and then... Then when it gets really bad, and this is especially true in kids, is attention-seeking behaviors mm. because they've got unmet needs that they don't understand because they have PTSD. And so we're talking things like everything as simple as lying to the worst attention-seeking behaviors that you can think of. A lot of, a lot of women in churches and, women, and, and women's ministries have not dealt with trauma and we see these attention seeking behaviors um, where they, they, they're just short of jumping up and down and waving a red flag, pay attention to me, somebody I need help. That's a, also a hallmark of PTSD. But the very long answer to your question is trauma is anything that breaks your brain. Uh-huh. All right guys, and now it's time for a quick break. We wanted to thank all of our listeners and let you guys know all the many ways you can help us keep uh, this th- show Josh, going. This, this is gonna take too long. All right, so Peter, do you think you could just, uh, I don't know, tell them all the ways they can support us in 10 seconds or less? Follow us on social media, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month, every dollar counts, and join our newsletter by emailing us at thewholechurch at gmail.com. Ah, uh, so that, that's a yes then. <laughs> all right, and of course, they wouldn't have to hear this break at all if they simply joined our Patreon, like you said, at patreon.com forward slash thewholechurchpodcast. Right. And uh, let's get back to the show. Uh, By the way, a great movie that showcases uh, these, you know, post-traumatic tics in children is uh, My Life as a Zucchini. Mm. Uh, If anyone's more interested, it's a French claymation movie about an orphanage. You tried to get me to watch that a few times. Yeah, it's really good. It's uh, I have to I have to take a listen to that because I, I get this this question a lot, and it's different for everybody, but especially in kids. Yeah, it, it shows off very well the different dicks that children can get from traumatic events. Wow! Hmm. No, I'm it's not for everyone. I've just just yeah. like my podcast, but it's for someone. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I love it. It's a great movie. Yeah, yeah, and uh, anyway. for other trivia that is a lot less important or significant to what we're talking about. Uh, the phrase pull yourself up by, by your bootstraps was originally just meant as a phrase that says, hey, you're trying hard too hard to do something that you can't do by yourself. And I'm so glad so, you said that. Yeah, it's so yeah. interesting how that phrase is been misused. It's just yeah. something completely wrong. I completely agree. Anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, one thing that you, you talked about that was really helpful for you that I want in case anybody listening needs it, because I, I feel like they might. You talk about the three C's that helped you through your experience. Could you tell us what those are real quick? 
Absolutely, absolutely. And this and of course the star of the story, who is Jesus. But the three C's. So the three C's are church, community, and trauma-informed counseling. Now we're on a podcast called The Whole Church Podcast. I am I am I can't measure how grateful that I am that the three times that I needed the church to step in for me and help me, they did. No one told me to pray my way through it. No one th- you got a problem, I got a Bible verse. No one named it cleaned it stuff to me. I've had three really good church experiences where they saved my life, where they watched me, where they pointed me to the star of the story. And so as a, as when I, when I was a 10 years, 10 years old, as an abuse survivor, the church played a role in my survival by knocking on the door and saying, Hey, you want some candy to go to church during my, I keep calling him my John, the bad this moment. So my church came and, and said, Hey, no, he still is the one that we're expecting. Stop looking for somebody else. Um, people in my church, uh, my pastor's wife, who is one of my best friends, drove me to the hospital to check me in. The community uh, ties right in. For many, many people who listen to my show, I don't know about you guys, but don't know the Lord, don't share my faith. But we all know that community is so important. And, and during those John the Baptist moments, my people kept me breathing. They still do. They talk to each other. They have educated themselves on PTSD. Um, you know, it's just a, I keep a core group of people around me that I believe um, is a model of what Jesus did. And, um, and in that intense three-year ministry, he hung out with 12 people that, that pushed him and, and helped him in his ministry. And so community is everything. And then finally, and the thing that breaks my heart the most, because I've been fortunate enough to stay and be in counseling, but I have had some significant trauma and trauma informed counseling, state of the art stuff. And, um, and, and I believe that that is the third C and, um, and my goal and my heart's desire, um, my podcast is, I was going to call it a hobby, but, and maybe it is because of all the money I spend on it. But, uh, but, but, but if I ever had a goal from a money standpoint for anything, it would be to, to start a foundation to be able to help people who can't go to counseling. Um, because I believe that that third C is important, but that, but, but without counseling and, and there's, there's church-based counseling oftentimes on a sliding scale too, but, but, but the church and community and counseling are the three C's. I didn't even mean to do that. That happened very, very early on, as well as the star of the story being Jesus. And that, and sometimes as y'all know, you just get behind the mic and you talk and sometimes the words are not yours. And that's where those three C's came from. But I believe strongly in them. I am throwing everything I have at them, every, every spare penny, every spare minute, every spare everything, and to getting this message out to a, a hurting world. And dare I say, after 2020, that if PTSD mm-hmm. and trauma and, and anxiety and depression um, wasn't defined as an epidemic, it's going to be if it's not now, because mm. there's not a single person on this planet untouched right now by the events of this year. And so those three C's are so, so, so important to me. Yeah. I, I mean, whether it's PTSD or anything, uh, I think, you know, those three things are good for anybody, right? I mean, right. counseling will vary depending on your need, but I mean, even something as simple as marriage counseling. I mean, I think a form of counseling is always useful. It's never a bad thing to have. It's so true. Somebody yeah. smarter than you without a dog in the fight, right? Yeah. 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 So how would, how could the whole church, you know, I like, I like anytime I could say the whole church. I, and, and I'm going to be hashtagging it everywhere. Cause that's the best <laughs> podcast name ever. 
<laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so how could the whole church better unite in acknowledging and helping our brothers and sisters that are experiencing PTSD like this? Yeah. I think first and foremost, we have to acknowledge that mental illness is not a faith problem. Full mm-hmm. stop. Amen. It, it, it does not mean that I don't love Jesus. It does not mean that I don't believe in Jesus. Doesn't mean that I don't pray enough. Um, I, I think that, you know, there, there's an old saying that, that, that the church is the hospital for the hurting. And I think that we need to remember that we are the hospital for the hurting for me, three, four separate times. If you count when I was 10 years old, the church has saved my life. There was no better place for me to be loved with an, with, with, with as Christ-like love as possible and protected than among God's people. And so if we can get out of our way and try and, and, and stop naming and claiming it and throwing Bible verses <laughs> at them when they have problems and love them back to Jesus, that's what the church can do. Leaders putting lay people in places to serve as triage. Do you know how I got taken away from my mom that saved my life? Because my pastor's wife pulled me aside and said, you're not okay. What's going on? Oh, well, this is going on at home. Well, I never went home again. And here I am talking to you 30 years later with PTSD, but alive. The church is vital, but mental illness, no illness, no, it's not a faith problem. And, and, and I, and I, and if I had a message that I could scream from the top of Mount Everest is just because somebody has a mental illness does not mean that they have a faith issue. And this is, we see this all through the Bible. Do we think Job had a faith issue? You know, do, do we, do we think that many, many of the, of the par- people in the parables, the, the, the woman with the bleeding disorder, did she have a faith issue? She did everything she could for 12 years. And, 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 but it was still there and her, her bleeding disorder was still there. And in a last ditch effort, where'd she go? She went to find Jesus. So in a last ditch effort, listeners, pastors, teachers, if that woman with a bleeding disorder is saying, I'm going to do, I'm going to get this one more shot, this staying alive thing. I'm going to go to church and I'm going to touch the hem of the garment. What will your church do for them? Will she be made whole or will she walk away more broken? Man, yeah. Thank, thank you so much for everything you'd say, everything that you're doing and just the message you're putting out there it means a lot you're doing great work and uh, i really believe that god god is in it and um i I hope more people will go over to wednesdays and walk with watson and check it out um what's uh so this season has been ptsd jesus and me Uh what can we look forward to next season so next season is going to be ptsd stories of hope and um one of the things that uh, that the Lord has really gifted me in is storytelling. I'm a writer. And so I am going to pick um, 15 to 18 PTSD, anxiety, depression uh, patients who have been through some trauma and I'm going to write their story for them after they tell it to me. And um, I'll tell the story and then we will talk. I will interview them and and every one of them is going to bring something different, both practically uh, from a faith based um, situation, as well as a community based solutions that helped them. And uh, with the idea being two things, PTSD patients listen and go, oh, I hadn't thought of turning my screen black on my computer or staying off of social media. I hadn't thought of, um, I just went, and this is me, Amy, speaking to you guys. I just went on a, on a medication. And, um, and so I, oh, I, I, I hadn't thought of, 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 of talking to my doctor about using that kind of medication for this kind of thing. And so 
Coming up next is PTSD Stories of Hope, uh, where people can turn, uh, where, where patients can get hope and people that love us can know how to walk with us. And that's, that, that has been kind of a tertiary thing that has happened throughout the course of this podcast that I did not see coming, that so many people have asked for, for me to continue to have people on that walk with those of us that have PTSD so you know how to love us well. Oh, yeah. That's, um, that's something that I appreciate. We're definitely looking forward to next season. Again, encourage everybody to go over to, to Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Look for Wednesdays with Watson. Definitely worth your while. Now. As we start to wrap up, the last thing we like to ask our guests is just if you had to give one single tangible action, like something that someone could go do right this second, as soon as the podcast is over, that would help us better maintain the unity in the church, mm-hmm. and the whole church, if you will, yeah. what would be that one action that you would recommend? Yeah, and, and it's going to be one of those C's community, and it would be to check on your strong friend, send them a text. Um, and, um, and, and maybe you have 10 or 12 of them, check on your strong friend, check on your pastor, check on your leaders. Um, those are tangible because they're hurting too. And a lot of times people like me and people like you guys are pastors and and leaders in, in church, they get forgotten and no one checks on them in the most difficult times. And so the tangible thing that I think needs to happen is just like when we all went and watched God's not dead and we texted everybody, God's not dead. It's <laughs> not dead. Um, if everyone listening to this checked on just one of their friends, um, I would be willing to guarantee that somebody would go, no, I'm not. Okay. And thank you for asking. And so the church, the United church as a whole, we got to love each other. We, we can't keep shooting our wounded. We can't, we got to pick up the wounded. We got to check on them. So the tangible thing is check on your people. Amen. Uh, what and what do you think would happen? What do you think we would see change if everyone did that after they heard this? Yeah, I think I think the the twenty to twenty five percent of the people that are going to get a text back that says, "No, I'm not okay. Thank you for checking on me." Um, I think relationships are going to be formed. Five star relationships, two a.m. friends. If they weren't already a two a.m. friend, I think it's a game changer because when we feel loved, guys, think about what you do what you do when you feel loved, you know, you just, first of all, you, you, you're exactly where God wants you to be and and his likeness and his image. But if, if you guys get off this podcast with me and you, and you text somebody, you're going to make somebody else feel loved. And who does not need that on November the 10th, 2020. Amen. We, uh, just, just me being the Disney that I am, my immediate thing, when you ask that, what, what, what crazy thing will people do for love? I'm like, People do crazy things for love. You know, I learned that in Hercules. Jeez. (laughs) It's a true story. When we feel loved, we feel complete. And and when we feel heard, seen, known, loved, valued, that's what's going to happen if people do that. Somebody's going to feel heard, seen, known, loved, valued. And that's honoring. That's honoring to God. Oh, yeah. So uh, immediately text that friend while we're doing the outro. And then after the outro, y'all, y'all go watch Hercules. It's a good movie. I'm going to go watch Hercules. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. It's okay. All right. Uh, so thank you so much for your time today, Amy. It's uh, been my pleasure. Yeah. The, the first thing we like to do in our outro is called our God Moment segment. Uh, we share what God's been doing with us recently, uh, whether it's a challenge or a blessing or something we're thankful for, basically anything that you can attribute to God's presence in your life. 
Uh, we just yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Can I tell you all a co- really cool story? Um, so because I don't have parents, um, when right about 12 years ago, I met a friend at church and to make a very long story short, her family adopted me. They said, we're your family. And I'm actually looking out the window, staring at their house right now, her parents. And um, her mom has um, end stage Alzheimer's. And some of the events of the world right now with my business and my, and my just PTSD and scared that I'm not going to be able to eat. I've been very fearful. Um, And you'll hear that if you listen to the podcast that drops tomorrow. And she doesn't know who I am. She doesn't know who anyone is. She's very end stage. But this morning I went up to see her and this is what the Lord, this is what she said to me. She said, I want you to know that I'm always going to be here for you and I'm never going to let you have any need. You're not going to have to worry about whether, whether you eat or drink. I'm here for you. And then she was gone. And then she was gone again. Didn't know who I was. That was my today's gift from Jesus. Wow. That's a hard one to follow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. It's over. (laughs) So, uh, DJ, what God been up to with you recently? (laughs) So, uh, recently, uh, my dad got a text from his mom uh, about a friend of our family's who lives a couple hours away. That's how we communicate in this family, uh, barely. And uh, <laughs> we heard, he told me afterwards uh, that a family friend, a denominational friend, had a heart attack recently. So, but he's okay. Uh, they were able Lord. to stabilize him in the church. Uh, he's in the hospital now. Uh, and we're just praying for his continued well-being. Wow. So uh, my God moment was going to be that TJ stole it from me. No, it, it is. It's a real challenging thing for us. We're all been praying. Um, he's back home now, so it's great. And he's well. So, I will be praying. You know, praying. But he he is home though now. He's home. And okay. He's good. Well. Yeah. Amen. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Well, since TJ took that God moment, my other God moment will be. Uh, I, I got a text from one of my cousins who's a member of their family that's not really a member of my family. You know how that works with cousins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recently passed, and um, she's been going through a hard time, and she texted me late last night, or even late for me, I think it was like 12.30, got it this morning, and uh, said she had been listening to the podcast, and that it just made her feel a little bit better, and that me and TJ were able to make her laugh, and she just thanked me, and I was like, wow, that's crazy. It's so reassuring to hear, oh, hey, if nothing else, we help one person through our time. So amen. Yeah. yeah. Cause I know how much work this is. And so, yeah, now you've encouraged me today too. So let that be both of a God moment for y'all. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Great. So uh, like five God moments today, you know, right. for us. Yeah, we're on the uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, So some future guests for the podcast. Well, we're going to have pastor Alan Rhodes on soon. Uh, Nick Moore of the grace in full podcast. Uh, Jake Doberins from the Bible, but ellipses, uh, funnier podcast. And, you know, the Bible is already pretty funny. Uh, yeah. that, that dude is amazing. Yeah, yeah that's going to be a really good interview for y'all, Jake. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. And, uh, of course, at the end of this season, uh, we're going to have Francis Chan. Who is just wow. you know, completely unaware yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't know it. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. But hopefully he will. Uh, yeah. So we can have the end of season one. Yeah, and then he's up to before he's on, probably. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. hey, listen, that's the big, that, that's the big ask. We're going to ask. Yeah. yeah, we're going to add my, my big ask is I want to be on any I, I want to be on any F Downs' show. I just think she's hilarious. And so, so I'm, yeah. So when I hear Francis Chan, I'm going to be shooting you guys an email saying, hey, awesome. Thank you. Jesus yeah. did we're it. Just, we're yeah. just uh, going to keep speaking it. Amen. Yeah. And then at the end of season two, we will have the, the residing pope. Uh, <laughs> Whoever it may at, be. Yeah. At this rate, I can't imagine it'll be the current pope. Uh, but who knows? And we'll we'll leave that one alone. But uh, he also doesn't speak English. Oh, there's uh, that. Which might would yeah. be a problem. But we'll adapt because yeah. well, it will happen. <laughs> thank, thank you everybody for listening. This is the end of the regular show. If you want to head on over to the Patreon, we have one more segment just for our patrons. So thank you for listening. We'll see you over there.